Yo, 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 it's Zay Smallman, and you're listening to episode 13 of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. Today we're talking about scripts, baby. I Guess We'll Do It That Way is presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Okay, here's episode 13. Shaking bacon. Oh boy. I just got real excited when you asked me that. Yeah? Why's that? Because uh, it means the episode's starting. You know, he, he's come up before, but uh, I was just thinking right before we started about the movie Tom Seven and Kevin Spacey. Uh,. Oof, Kevin Spacey. Oh man, dude, this could just be a whole Kevin Spacey episode. Um, <laughs> the we we're, I so I'm gonna read a piece of mail later from a oh, guy no. named Archie Warren. No, 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 this is good. This is good. And why was that? Why do you automatically assume mail is bad? Well, I mean, because it has to do with nowadays. Kevin Spacey. Well, I mean, just nowadays, do you ever get good mail? Oh, well, we get. Yeah, we get good mail for the show all the time. Okay, all right. Well, do you I'll keep with that? an open mind. I'll keep an open mind. Okay. Uh, let me grab my sunglasses real fast. Ah, little, little bright in here for you, huh? Am I shining the light of truth on you too hard? <laughs> are you uh, are you properly opaqued right now, John? You just make me laugh. Are you properly opaqued? No, I can't find them. I think they're in the car. I was going to say, this could be a Kevin Spacey episode because the guy writing in, Archie, uh, I have his mail sitting right in front of me, his physical mail. He mailed us a letter. No way. Mm-hmm. A physical what piece is this? of mail. Okay, hold on a second. You said his name is Archie, and he I mean, oh, sorry, us? sorry, sorry, sorry. I misspoke. He emailed us. Oh, thank goodness. I, I got to say, well, we got like the O'Reilly factor demographic <laughs> listening into our show here. We're getting like old folks homes are like sending us mail. I love um, your casting pod. <laughs> very, very hard to believe somebody sent an actual letter. When's the last time yeah, you but, saw a stamp in your house or someone else's house? I got stamps. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, baby. You what have you, stamps. What are you like a, are you like um, a Unabomber or something? Who John, has stamps? John, don't act like you don't have stamps just for comedic effect. We all know it's bullshit. It would take me, it would, if we have a stamp, which is a big if, it would take me yeah. hours to find. It would take you hours, hours to figure out how to apply the stamp? Not to not to apply it, but to figure out <laughs> I don't where know they where were. Where it goes? <laughs> yeah, Whoa. where do you t- tell us? Tell us this. Which side of the letter? Bottom do you left put? corner. Duh. Exactly. When I was a kid, there was a book that made the rounds called the Anarchist Cookbook. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard of this? Yeah, oh yeah. It's a notorious and book. Most of it, you know, whatever. But the stuff on the postal service. Most of it. Re- yeah. Yeah. They teach but you the how to stuff mail on the weed. postal. Well, no, they tell you how to send mail for free. And they actually oh. have two pretty ingenious methods that I still remember to this day. One, uh, everybody probably knows, switch the to and from, put no stamp on it, drop it in the box. So if I'm going to send oh. you a letter, I want a letter to go to you, I put you in the return address, I put whatever in the from, or sorry, to, in the to address, uh-huh. drop it in the box, they return to sender. For lack of postage. Be- Bingo. Yeah, the that's other tricky. Way, okay. If, okay. If you and I uh, want to 
save our 35 cents or whatever a stamp costs these <clears throat> days, you take your letter, you put a stamp on it, and you cover that stamp with a easily removable adhesive like a piece of tape or some clear glue that uh-huh. you could wash off. And then when they stamp it and it gets to where it goes, wash the stamp off, reuse the stamp. Oh, my word. That's way too much work. It's a lot of work. I would man, never do that. Those dimes and nickels really, really add up. Because, John, you're forgetting you have, you have to then... What is this like if you're a pen pal and you want to keep saving the stamp? Because otherwise, the person on the other end, how do they get you the stamp without sending you more mail? It's one of those things. It's like a guy who. It's like when the Apple, like the guy, the the early tech guys would figure out how to get free phone calls. Mm. It's just kind of like it's just gaming the system for the sake of gaming the system. Yeah, exactly. The guy who spends much more time, effort, and money to save a minuscule amount of money because it's kind of a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, that that's good. Uh, so I needed my sunglasses because the the sun is shining through my uh, through my window right into my eyeballs. I might be blind by the end of the episode, but this is radio, so who cares? Um, I maybe I'll be able to sympathize with all of our blind listeners better. Ooh, Ooh. John, I am. Uh, I'm feeling. I'm feeling so good though. For real, for real. I'll try to keep this quick, but dude, okay, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just feeling really good about rollers. I saw a show at the venue, another venue that I'm now looking into possibly shooting at. I saw a show there that a friend of mine put on and it was a, an incredible venue. B, the band was amazing. Um, the band was called gold star anyway, such a dope place and such a dope group. And I'm now been listening to this, this band. They're crushing me. It's so good. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll link to it. But so that was super exciting. I've got a producer that I'm working with. I'm not going to say who yet, but um, because we we're still kind of working on some of the details, but like we are cranking on some good stuff rollers, which is exciting. Just having like a serious kind of full-time teammate is, is pretty awesome. I woke up to like 12 emails the other day and they were all good. They were like things that we need to do. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't have to do all of this myself. That really gets your juices going, huh? Oh, man, it got my juices going in the best way. And then yesterday, this is how juiced I am right now. Yesterday, I went on a big hike up to the the peak kind of behind the Hollywood sign, Mm. um, which is actually pretty high up there. And so my dogs and I, there's actually another peak kind of across this little traverse. That's where we went because I like the view there better. But so we went over there and I'm the only one up there. I'm literally, I have a 360 degree view of all of Los Angeles County. From like Long Beach, way down in the south, and the ocean, and like the and and the entire San Fernando Valley, literally the entire thing. Like I could see the Malibu Mountains in the background, then like Burbank, and then the San Gabriel Mountains, which are over to the east, and then like Glendale and downtown was clear as a day, and then like all of so- South Los Angeles, just all laid out in front of me, three hundred sixty degrees, because I'm literally in the highest point within like five ten miles. I'm and, starting to understand why Instagram was invented. Yeah, exactly, because you would rather just see a picture of this, for sure. Do you I'm have a picture? A, uh, I have a little video. Okay. I I have a video. I did not post it, though. I'm on a little Instagram break. But anyway, I whoa, was up whoa, there. Whoa, whoa. Hold, the, hold, 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 hold the phone. You're on a, you're on a what? I'm, a, I'm taking a little Instagram break. 
Well, tell us about this real quick. Oh, I don't know. I just decided to delete Instagram from my phone for a couple weeks. Why? Just to, like, see if I miss it. And do you? You know, I actually, I was getting addicted to it, but now that it's not on my phone, I rarely think about the fact that it's not there. I think I deleted it four days ago, and I think I've thought about the fact that I deleted it maybe four times total. Right, now five. Now five. Uh, it makes sense why you didn't wish me a happy birthday. I posted that picture of the oh. cake and me smiling by the well, cake, you and you didn't me that like it. Picture? Well, no. I mean, the moments passed. Do you have a spreadsheet of people who did not comment, like, and or thank you or wish you a happy birthday? Obviously, yeah. Obviously, I do. Well, you can take me off the spreadsheet as of now. Happy birthday, bro. Hold oh, on. Thanks. Olive's also saying happy birthday. I'm not sure. She she's trying to sing it. It's not going so well. Olive, you can't I, sing. Stop. She knows I'm lying. That's you why gotta, she's barking. Oh, we got a gnarly voice, all right? Real quick to wrap up the uh, the mountaintop story. I was up there. I did not plan this. I did not plan this ahead of time. I didn't even know I was going to go that high. I'd never been up to that particular point before. Sure. And I was just up there. My dogs are, like, literally cowering under a giant boulder because they're so tired. And uh, I just found myself literally shouting from the top of the mountain. Like mm. almost involuntarily, <laughs> I was just like, I was like so amped at that moment. I was like, oh, I was just so jacked, dude. And then were I you, started, were you and then saying I started words? yelling. Well, I was first just yelling, and then I knew how cheesy it was, but I wanted to do it anyway. I just started Uh-oh. shouting, "I'm gonna make a movie!" And I was oh, like, no. "I'm gonna oh, make a no. movie!" I was like yelling it to all of Los Angeles. It was the corniest oh, and dear. yet best thing ever. It was oh, no. so corny, and I don't think anyone heard me, but it was super empowering. And then I took a piss on, like, the top of L.A. Wow. So it was like, hey, L.A., suck it, slash, mm. I'm going to make a movie, deal with it. Oh, I wish we had a video of this moment. You should have filmed yourself. Well, I did end up filming myself while I was yelling. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, where well, is it? because Let's I was go. yelling for a little, I was, like, shouting. I was like, this feels super good, and I took a video because I was like, I need to send this to Kelly. Primal we'll Scream. See. How did she respond? Are you guys still married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she's taking a little break, but <laughs> she'll be back in a couple weeks, I think. <laughs> she's in Malibu. Okay. But well, this is a this, – uh, this... Sometimes you just got to get those noises out, though, you know? Like I was just listening to um, Kid See Ghosts and the, mm, the, first, yeah. the first song when Connie's like, it's like kind of sinister, but it's also just super primal and like amazing, you know? You just got to get those – those gut screams out sometimes. Yeah, we were about to tell go to, I'm a little jacked. I can tell you're jacked, and I want to temper it with uh, this. So we were about to go to Costco this morning, and, mm. and my kid opens his door, and he's nine, and he mm. says uh, to himself, poopity scoopity, scoopity poopity. <laughs> Dude. Thank you, Kanye. <laughs> Did, have you been playing that? Uh, well, so that song, I, I like Kanye. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, um, And when that song, now this is the, it will put a link or whatever, but it's a funny song. He's talking through it, and then yeah. towards the end, the, the song sort of transitions, and he just says some nonsense words. Mm-hmm. He also does that on the new Lil, Lil Pump. <laughs> a Lil Pump song. That's uh, <laughs> But it's, uh, it's catchy. Anyway. 
I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, like which it usually does because I'm clinically bipolar. So like I have Mm. these days and then in the past I would like have days where I was like so energized and then I would like die. But now even when I was on the mountain yesterday, I was like, this feels different. I think I have like a different level. I'm like much healthier now, you know, like I I still I think have these like manic periods, Mm. but it felt much more controlled and much more pleasant as opposed to just like this was more like I can like do whatever and nothing matters that much. So I can just like climb to the top of this mountain and yell, you know, it's kind of an amazing feeling. And I'm probably, yeah. I'm going to be a little depressed in like two days, but I'll be fine. You know, um, and it's worth it. It would have been just so magical if somebody had just quietly put their hand on your shoulder when you were done screaming. <laughs> It's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who was the guy who made... There was a guy out in LA who made... uh, He made that, like... I love you so much. You're my favorite person (laughs) on the planet. There was a guy who made a documentary about, like, the forgotten kids. Yeah, yeah. You know this story? No, not really. I was Um, just saying, yeah. Not to minimize the plight of the kids, but the guy who made the documentary, he was like probably 30, mm-hmm. uh, and he absolutely lost his mind one day and was running around the middle of Los Angeles completely naked, screaming. Wow. Like having just a full-blown schizophrenic break, you know? Wow. That's too so bad. There are videos. there are videos of this poor guy uh, running around completely naked, screaming at everybody. Thankfully, I've never gotten to that point. Not yet. Wait till your movie takes off. <laughs> um, speaking of that happening, I sold it for twenty million dollars, John. That's what this ep- this podcast is over. I sold the movie for twenty million dollars. Is it unusual to sell a movie that's not been made? Oh man, that's actually a whole episode. I know you're kind of joking, but um, uh, well, yeah. not really. Oh, I mean, yeah, I yeah. know you're not, joking for for people like me. It's quite unusual. Well, unless, man, we're just going to have to do a whole episode on that. I'll make a note. Um, Yeah, like sales, and that comes back a little bit to what I was saying with, like, pre-sales. You remember that, like, a while back? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's, in a sense, selling a movie before it's made. But, yeah, there's a lot there. We'll we'll talk about that. But, I mean, in some ways, the simplest way to understand that is scripts, which do sell, you know? Sure. So, theoretically, I I don't know if a script has ever been sold for $20 million, but... Theoretically, some studio or rich guy could, I, you know what? I bet twenty million dollars has happened. But I just watched so the movie they, they, The Greatest they Showman. For, for, yeah, yeah. And if that script wasn't sold for at least two or three thousand dollars, I'd be surprised. <laughs> Dude, okay. Should we do a quick episode of what you should watch this week with John and Zay? Yeah, would you? What you should watch this week with John and Zay? Maybe we should That's keep a- working on that jingle. I actually was going to tell you, it's pretty good. What we should watch this week with John and Zay. That one wasn't as good. It was a little pitchy. Get that oh, through the auto tune. It's going to be a hit. Yeah, that's. Ooh, I'm going to run through some serious. Oh, John. Yeah, boy. Bingo, bingo. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Remember um, that thing that happened to this a few episode years ago? Of, what? No. <laughs> John, you're such a sidetracker. <laughs> I'm taking over, you. John. I'm taking over. You're not allowed to tell your story. Auto tune the news. Auto tune the news. Remember oh, auto tune the news? That. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're, we got it. We got it. We're moving on. We're moving <laughs> on. 
Jeez Louise, mister, do you even want to do the podcast? All right, sing your jingle I'm again. Just I'm just kidding. Uh, well, we got to do the episode. Then I'll sing the jingle on the way out. All right. You know what people should watch this week? Well, yeah, I thought of this, John, because you sent me a very funny video. I sent you like 15, because I'm on West Coast time, you're on East Coast time. So I'm always yeah. texting you after mm-hmm. you go to bed, you know? And uh, I, I sent you probably like 20 text messages or something telling you mm. like all of our stats and lots of technical oh, yeah, shit. You know what I mean? And then you texted me the next morning, and it was a video. You said how I feel when I wake up to 25 texts from you. And it was, <laughs> and it was that clip yes. from A Star is Born where Bradley Cooper's like, hey. <laughs> and Lady Gaga turns around. She's like, what? He's like, just wanted to get another look at you. <laughs> and A, that was very funny. And B, that movie looks bomb, dude. I it looks really good. It really does. To see that, <laughs> dude. Who knew Bradley Cooper was that hot? What a dream! Everyone. <laughs> he, he is. I, dude. He's got to be at this point after this movie. He's got to be like pretty much over. Like he, he's kind of putting Brad Pitt out of the running at this point. Now, I'm not saying he's a better actor or has a better career, but like. That dude is incredible. He's perfect. Yeah, we got to find this video of him. <clears throat> He's a Philly guy. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because uh, uh, that, that movie with Jen, J-Law, uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. No, no that that's is. Will Smith. No, 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 I know. That's why I was laughing. It's, uh, it's a different movie. It's so good, though. Uh, uh, but he, there's a video of him at some actor. Does he know thing. that we're from basically from Philly, John? Uh, I, not yet. He will. We're gonna when have he's to get here. him on the show. Yeah, we're gonna have to get him on the show. Be like, hey, look, Brad. BC, you mind if I call you Brad? Look, Brad. <laughs> BC, Brad. We got a couple of Philly guys here who haven't lived in Philly in a really long time, but we still feel a lot of allegiance to it. You want to come on our random show about movies? And he'll be like. Just wanted to get another look at you. <laughs> hey. Uh, Is that movie John? supposed to be like a, a biopic or a biopic? It's a remake of like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's just like a classic story about like, uh, I think it's actually been made in, in a couple forms, but apparently this is the best one. People are saying it's very good. I mean, and Lady Gaga can sing her tail off yeah and apparently she can act her tail off too and bradley cooper's the sexiest man alive he just smolders dude oh, he, he smolders. smolders dude when he's got his drunk man stubble going on uh-huh yeah in that freaking cowboy hat what the f dude yeah how old do you Phil- think he is 45 yeah he's 45 but he, gosh i can't wait to be 45 man is filled with a bunch of dudes like that except they're actually drunk and they're mm. actually acting extremely aggressively towards mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, not we're not talking about a that guy. Beautiful smolder. Oh wow, I wish I could do a good Philly accent. They are bad. Sorry, all my Philly people, but man, Philly accents are bad news. My own father, my my dear father, says uh, for for H two O, you know what you drink out of the tap. Mm-hmm. He calls that wooder. Oh yeah, everyone I grew up with called that wooder too. Oof. Wooder. You know what you you know what wooder comes out of, John? A zinc. Mm. Comes out of the zinc. That's more of a Baltimore thing, perhaps, but yeah. Zinc, yeah, we don't say that. But out in the Midwest, I know they call them a washer and a dryer. 
A washer and, and dryer. And pop. Did you grow up drinking pop? Nah. Pop. Pop. We drank beer. John, we need to get... <laughs> Welcome to 20 bazillion minutes into this episode. I guess we'll do it that way. John, episode 13. That's exciting. No way. Lucky 13. This week, John, this week we were, we were, are, I think we shall, should, going to talk about scripts. Scripts. Oh, word? Which we were kind of getting into before you successfully sidetracked us again. Oh, we need to close out. This is, oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't close out the episode of what you should watch this week with John and Zay. Look, Wait, guys, did we tell? You, we didn't even. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We didn't even tell anybody oh, what to watch. Oh boy. Okay, guys. You said that you saw the trailer for Star Is Born, and you talked about how handsome Bradley Cooper guys, is. Guys, what we should watch this week? A Star Is Born. That's what we should watch this week. Is it so, even out? I don't. It's know. not out. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> what you should watch this week with John and Zay? Guys, go see a Star is Born when it comes out. In a few if weeks. it comes out, I think it comes out like <laughs> Halloween, man. <laughs> Seriously. No way. It's not <laughs> out. You're lying to me. Oh, my gosh. What we I should really watch this week out. isn't out yet. <laughs> so let's Have make you guys seen the movie Seven with uh, What's-His-Face? The guy no, that no, got no. accused we of all that. we got to recommend something that's actually out. Um <laughs> Oh, boy. Really coming up blank here. It's not even like a suggestion in Google. It can't be that good. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not out yet, folks. Go see it October 4th. Wow, that's so far away. That's basically <laughs> Thanksgiving. Uh, all right, let's go through these. The Nun apparently is fine. Predator, not interested. Ooh, I've heard Crazy Rich Asians is great. I've go see Crazy good. Rich Asians. I haven't seen it yet. The Simple Favor, gotta say, not interested. White Boy Rick could be interesting. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, you can't recommend movies you haven't seen. I haven't seen any of these. I've been too busy. <laughs> I haven't gone to the theater in like a week and a, like three weeks. Okay, Plus, Movie well, Pass is garb, so I can't even go without paying like $90. I actually have some podiatry tips if we're just giving out random info. John, all right. So, what we should watch this week. I don't know. Watch whatever the f you want to watch. What's Been the a movie great that you've? What you hey. should watch this week? Oh, John my and Zay. Goodness. Sorry, Johnny. Missed your chance. That episode. Wow. Is dead and gone, baby. Hey guys, go watch Fellini's Eight and a Half. It's a beautiful film. John, that show is over, bro. Could <laughs> go back to your normal ego, not your alter ego. Hey, have All you ever right. heard of Auto Tune the News? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. This is episode. 19 of I guess we'll do it that way. <laughs> Time flies, doesn't it? Part 6. Wowza meowza. The reason um, I brought up the movie 7 before we go on, oh, the reason I brought God, up John. the movie 7 oh, is boy. because this podcast feels like it reminds me of that movie, you know where the guy uh, he, he picks out people in the movie Seven. John, uh, you don't have to just kill time. You know that. Kevin right? Spacey, <laughs> Kevin Spacey <laughs> picks out people and he uses their vice to exact an ironic revenge on them. Like a guy yes, uh, we know. is a big fat obese man. He feeds him till he pops. Anyway, I was thinking about that with this podcast. It's like what mortal audio sin did you commit that you're still listening? 13 episodes <laughs> deep just gorging on these, the spaghetti here waiting for your tummy to pop. John, we have to stop insulting our dear, dear listeners. <laughs> Uh, I feel like every, just have we gone through waiting for week? a new Dan Carlin podcast? Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> they're like, ah, oh, Dan Garland's been sitting on his fat ass. Let me just see what's what going on with doing? what we do it that way. What's that? And what's Dan Carlin doing right now? Oh, dude, probably just spending time creating 673 hours of well-researched podcast content mm. for one season. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Welcome to episode 13. Well, Zay, it's not. What? It's episode. <laughs> Should we recommend some more movies we haven't no, no, seen? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, John, we were going to talk about scripts. And we were ah. talking about scripts before you successfully derailed us yet again. Uh, that one was my fault. That was my fault. Um, I hope you're drinking shots every time we get off track. Um, so, the, John, the question was, should you read Rollers, which you've mm. not yet read? And we were talking about scripts. We were talking about selling movies. I think it, that, that's actually not the worst place to start. I did not write rollers. A lot of people write what's called spec scripts, okay? Sure. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. We're going to end up probably talking about scripts like 40 different times because there's a lot of different factors and the story of things comes into everything. So just we're not going to get through it all, but like we'll talk about some interesting stuff. We'll see how far we get. We'll talk about it again soon. <clears throat> you cool with that? Uh, yeah. You want to spec, cover it all? Spec script. Spec you can't just throw out jargon and expect everybody spec, to know what you're talking spec, about. Spec scripts are ones that you wear on your eyes to see better. Ah. That wasn't funny. Cutting that out. Um, oh. Should John read roll? So, John, so spec scripts are um, technically, I guess, any script that's written independently, like someone is not paying you to write it, I believe, right. is sort of the official... Right. helpful definition of a spec script but there's sort of a more nuanced definition which is basically like like rollers is not really a spec script in the sense that i'm not trying to sell it you know i'm not right. trying to sell it to someone else to make it typically when you write a script if you're not yourself a producer you would then ideally sell it to a producer or a production company who wants to make it but then some people like my friend right now is in the process of selling a couple of pitches Mm. Which in some case could be literally a log line, which a log line is like, uh, John and Zay go to the movies and don't actually see anything. What happens? You know, that's like a log line. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There is an entire market for a sentence to a paragraph? No, no. I mean, like, I'm just saying rarely there are people who, like, let's say I was big time super producer J. Edgar Hoover. Sure. And, and I'm yeah. like, oh, what a... I, I want to I want to make a movie where John and Zay go to the moon, you know, and then sure. I go to my studio friend at MGM and I'm like, I want to make a movie where John and Zay go to the moon. And the guy's like, well, I like your style, mister, and you're J. Edgar Hoover, so you get whatever you want. I don't know why I picked J. Edgar Hoover. And then he's like, oh, go make it. You know, that would be like kind of selling it on a pitch, which I'm sure has happened many, many times, you know? Sure. And but he gets a, money based on these silly voices well, and probably, crazy ideas? I don't know. Yeah, it depends. Sometimes he might just sell the idea, and sure. then – so I um, – how much yeah, money? Might tell you well, a more common stage would be then they're like, okay, cool, like go develop a treatment. We'll pay you to develop a treatment, and then he mm. goes and he turns that into like an actual story, and then sure. he maybe does another one, and then he does another phase where he writes a first draft, and like that's kind of like quote unquote selling a script. But then sometimes people also sell a virtually finished script, and then never touch it again because they end up hiring other writers to do everything, and it kind of goes through his thing, and it may not even be recognizable by the time it's all said and done. Sure. 
And people, I know I've heard of this before, but you, people will write spec scripts for shows. That's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Like a dude like me now, sitting in my basement could write, uh, let's see, what's a TV show? Game of Thrones. I mm-hmm. could write a script for him. Yeah. They'd read it. They'd be like, this guy's incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, They would do that. Pick, pick me up. They would A, read it, and B, say he's in, you're incredible. Well, so so that's different though because so spec scripts in the TV setting are a little different because you don't usually sell them. Although I guess theoretically that could happen. Um, You're trying to angle to get a job. You're trying to get into it. Yeah, you're you're using it as a sample. Usually, you would submit. A lot of people say you should have a couple of like spec scripts for current seasons, which is part of the problem with those whole things. Is like you're supposed to like be current and write for where the show is at, not. You know, you're not supposed to submit a spec script from like two sure. seasons ago and stuff. And so I've had friends who wrote really good spec scripts and like a character got killed off and they're like, well, no. It's, and I think that's dumb, but apparently it's a thing. Who knows? Anyway, hmm. but that's different because you're not really trying to sell it. Spec scripts and movies. So there was a period of Hollywood times that where writers were all employed full time by the studios. And that was very different. And then like things and, – and so were actors. It was kind of a di- – we'll, we'll talk about that one day or have someone on who knows a lot more about it. But there was this whole f- period where like the studios were these completely vertically integrated corporations that owned every aspect of the production. Now studios really just are banks with marketing teams. You know what I mean? Wow. And, and, and they have like physical production and other kind of stuff. No, that's not true. But yeah, kind of because even the the companies that are making the movies with these studios, there's producers who have their own companies. I mean, that's way oversimplifying it to say that they're banks with marketing marketing departments. But like, even the movies that like Marvel produces, they're kind of still being run by there. There's everyone who does all the labor, all the directors, all the writers. Everyone is a freelancer, and so the only people you know, Pixar is a little more like the old studio system where like the writers, directors, everybody's employed. That's very uncommon now. And so there was this period for a long time, I mean, I don't know exactly how long, but for a while where as a freelance writer, if you wrote a decent spec script, I'm told there was a chance that you, like there was a good chance that you could actually sell it, you know, sure, and, yeah. and you could sell it for a lot of money. And there's famous stories of people just tr- tromping and, you know, like Rocky, I think was, well, he may have made it. But I can't remember exactly how Rocky came to be. That that would be fun to research sometime. But, like, there are stories of these people who just walk into Hollywood with a script, waving it around, and it gets bought for, like, $2 million. And some of them get made, and they become massive stars. And then some of them, it gets bought for $2 million. They, like, buy an expensive house in Beverly Hills, and then they go bankrupt, like, two years later because the script dies and nothing ever happens. Um, I actually have a friend who wrote a script with, like, a, a pretty big director – and I won't say who, just be either one, just to preserve their privacy. But I mean, they sold a script like maybe less than ten years ago. They sold a script for like seven hundred thousand dollars. But that's partly because the director was was pretty well known, is pretty well known, and they wrote it together. And but what's in, what's particularly interesting about that is not the number that they sold it for, which is not like in the grand scheme of things huge, huge compared to some major Hollywood sales. What's interesting is it's never gotten made. And it's never even like really gotten close to getting made. They basically bought it. I'm pretty sure I've seen Goodwill Hunting. (laughs) Yeah, that's a perfect example, actually. Yes, Uh, no, not Goodwill. Movie you just described. Yeah, I know, but it is not that movie. Mm. Anyway, so Rollers though was interesting because it's not a spec script. All right, Goodwill Hunting. Should we should we open the episode back up? I don't want to mix and mingle too much. 
we don't need to. Okay. Um, so rollers was not a spec script, so it kind of had a little bit of a different uh, lifespan, a little different um, trajectory. Sure. If you can imagine. <clears throat> I just pictured somebody who's terrible at math and science turning the podcast off when you use that jargon. What jargon? Trajectory. Oh. Not everybody's a genius, man. Come on. <clears throat> it's not on the same journey. Simple language for some um, folks. Well, anyway. So it's not a spec script. So you wrote it for yourself to make. To, to make. So I don't you know that I would consider money. it a traditional spec script. Yeah, because I'm a producer. I have written a spec script that I never intended to produce. But that's a different movie. You know, this one was kind of, I was producing my own movie. So in some ways I was always sort of, it was never really a spec script. But yeah, it actually started though as a spec pilot, believe it or not. As really? we discussed a little bit. Yeah, so it did start as a spec that I was going to try and sell. Yes. Okay, so um, that was that actually was my sort of my next question, which is mm-hmm. once you have a finished script, even if you are a producer, is a there script. Uh, sort John, of a financial of compulsion to want to see maybe I should go shop this and see if I can get money for it? Because let's say you're going to get a budget of X amount of money to actually make $10 it yourself. Dollars. But let's say you could get 10 times X if you sold it to Paramount or something. Mm-hmm. So do you try to do that? Well, hmm, yes, it depends on who you are. Me? Did you try to do that? No. So no, you wrote a pilot. Honestly, so, did you so send it out? Pi- well, I did. So I went to uh, this really cool kind of conference in New York that I met a lot of TV executives. And then also I um, – and then I also just kind of used some other connections and put it in front of some people, and some people read it. I didn't really pitch it around a ton because I just didn't have enough connections to, like, really do that. But the, the truth is I just wasn't at a point where, where as a director of the movie version, that never really happened. As the pilot, yeah, I sent it around, but I just wasn't going to get it made. And so then I was kind of left with, like, well – do I write another pilot and then maybe this one sells later, you know, cause like one, yeah, I don't know. But then I was like, ah, you know, I don't want to do that. So that's when I started Did thinking about. Did you get about, feedback on it when you sent it out? Yeah. People liked it. I think it needed, I don't think it was a, I think it was a good pilot and everyone that read it was like, these characters are great. I love this place. I want to spend time here. I love it. But it just wasn't quite clicking for a while. And I think part of what was not clicking about it was that I think, it was almost like the season finale of episode, of season like four. You know what I mean? Like it was almost like it would be a much better episode because in my mind it was this big dramatic thing that was setting up this new phase of rollers, which is like they're in trouble basically. Mm. And I realized it just felt like too much of an ending as opposed to a beginning. And pilots, good pilots typically just – open up a whole bunch of questions and don't necessarily start you right in the middle of a crisis as much as like set you in the middle of a smaller problem and then the bigger problems grow out of that and so I think in some ways it it it, it was kind of more like a movie because it had this very condensed um which is an interesting thing that I think a lot of people don't think about a whole lot but like the difference between a movie and a tv show is not just length I mean a movie a tv show kind of is not ever like an ideal world the tv show sort of doesn't end you know like the people don't change 
in such dr- dramatic ways so quickly that it would sort of have these like short lifespans. You know, you design TV to theoretically keep going for many, many years. Movies don't work that way, obviously. But that changes the way you approach the story. Yeah, of course. I, I'm just I'm just caught up on something you said earlier. So I just watched the movie The Greatest Showman. I don't want to I don't want to derail us here, but something you said stuck Speaking in my of mind. Sexy men. So in that movie, the Jackman, yeah, the Jackman is trying to gather his legion of freaks for his mm-hmm. uh, his show, you know, mm-hmm. and he's going up to them and he's he's trying to compel them using their ego and their vanity or whatever, and he's telling them like, no one's gonna laugh at you, they're gonna love you. And he brings them in. They believe it, but he's trying to get something from them, obviously, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The people in Hollywood strike me as exactly like that. Oof. Or at least that is no, the stereotype, are. right? So yes. they, oh, they don't want to tell you that this script is anything but the best they've read because one day you might be calling the shots for something they are involved in. Hmm. And you cannot afford to make an enemy. So the question is now. I'm not trying to call into question whether or not the you're saying that's the, the stereotype. Yeah, it is the, definitely the stereotype. I don't know. I would. I would. I would push back on. Well, were you going to go somewhere with that? Because I do have thoughts yeah. on that. But yeah. Okay. Well, well, yeah. I. The question is, how can you trust anybody out there? <clears throat> Man, there's a lot there, John. We're not even going to get to the main question. <laughs> wait, wait. I don't, I'm no, not even sure what my main no, the, question was. The main question is, should you read the script? But we're getting into some good... Well, that, you know what? This is actually a perfect segue into that, because how can I trust what you think, John? Oh, baby. No, um, this actually brings up an interesting point, and I never... <laughs> I didn't ever... You asked me, did I ever get... Have I gotten big-dogged? Right. You've asked me that a couple times, and I was about <laughs> to answer, and then we got on a sidetrack. Classic. And um, hey, Oh, before answered. you answer, have you heard of Auto-Tune oh the News? <laughs> should we do an episode of What You Should Watch This Week with John and Zay? <laughs> Let me just no, look you know up what what's do? playing right Let's now. Let's do an episode of... <laughs> Let's do an episode of John talking about finance and stuff and explaining how it all works. Ooh. Inc. How's our... John, okay, real quick. Soup Q? Let's do a Can quick episode. How's Soup Q doing... Uh, Soup Q. Let me break up the tweeters soup real quick Q, here. Soup, soup Q. Q. For all who don't know, Soup Q is the soup man, the soup Nazi from Seinfeld. He has a publicly traded company on the OTC, Pink Slip. Uh, I mean, Pink Sheet stock that is worth, what, two-tenths of a cent last time we le- we checked on, and we've committed to invest 100% of the profits from talking about finance and how it works and money and stuff with John Schimpf, Inc., into soup Q. so how are we doing john uh just a quick update that did some trading on uh mm. september 14th went down 15 percent, baby that's so much it is i think that they lost uh three thousandths of a cent and that is 15 wow. percent of the company wow <laughs> they're down for they lost 100 grand of market cap they're down to half a million oh man Oh, Bummer. baby. The cheaper well, it gets, the easier it is to buy, guys. Come I know. on. Well, let's just let it keep going down, and then we're going to buy some options on it. It's going to be great. Okay. Um, what you should watch that week. Uh, no, no, no. So we're within an episode, within an episode. So first got to wrap up. Um, it's like Inception. Hey, this has been, John, this has been such a great episode of talking about money and stuff and how it works in finance. And, John, thank you, Inc. Um, does that, rep- that episode's done now. Okay, cool. So, guys, what another great 
third, fourth, fifth episode of what you should watch this week with John Zay. I hope you had some good recommendations. Okay, back to the original story. John, you were talking yes. about freaks. Mm. Right? Yeah, the freaks. That's all you got? Oh, how do you know what people... You asked me if I got big-dogged. John. Well, 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 we well, well, wow, we are all over the place, though. Yeah, we're all but, over the place. I wasn't... Uh, yeah, the freak thing only made sense in that P.T. Barnum isn't going to tell him the truth. He's, yeah, he's yeah. using them, you know? No, no, no. But, okay, but you had a couple questions. One was, how do you trust what anyone says, which I think is good. Two, you asked me previously if I've ever been big-dogged. Mm. And I think these are these are both true. Are both interesting questions at least. Okay. They also so first, reveal my insecurities. I was I was just criticizing you for getting us off track all the time when I in fact got us off track. I was just mm. about to finish telling a story which I never finished telling last episode because we got sidetracked. So all right. So I got big dogged once. No, I've gotten big dog more than once, but this is a this is an interesting one. I met this agent who works at one of the major agencies and um you know, we, we were met at a film festival. She seemed super interested in everything we were working on and all this kind of stuff. And um, I kind of showed up, like, at a meeting, which I was under the impression it was a general, a general meeting. There's no real agenda. Um, I'm just kind of coming to meet with you in person and, and, you know, just talk about whatever and sort of set an agenda maybe for a future meeting and sort of go back with some action items. But anyway, the point is... I sort of showed up for this general and then there was like two other agents sitting in the room and apparently they were expecting me to like formally pitch. And and I looked back through all my email correspondence, all this kind of stuff. All I ever did was like said, Hey, I have this cool script called the sidekick. It's about this um, sidekick who's in a small town and there's superheroes like in cities all over the country. And the superhero that he works for, Captain Steel dies. I just kind of told her the big, the big idea. And she's like, Oh my gosh, that sounds so, so interesting. And I was like, cool. Yeah. Like it's almost, you know, I'm getting close to kind of finishing up like a new pass of it. I think it's gonna be really good. That was where we left it. Mm. And um, so I show up at this meeting and she's expecting me to have like the polished version of the script and like really pitch it to like these other people. And I was bummed obviously, because like, this is a great opportunity that I was clearly unprepared for, which bummed me out because you don't often get to sort of like put your work in front of these kinds of people. But I was also annoyed because it was never communicated to me that that was the purpose. And so the meeting kind of fell flat. And after that, she basically just ignored, like, you know, she ended up, she ended up reading it when I finally sent it to her, but she just, I mean, she theoretically read it. I think probably her assistant maybe read it. And she gave me like one sentence of unhelpful feedback and basically said like, Basically, she said, you wasted my time. And I was like, all right, like, I'm really sorry. I apologize when we were together, but, like, you never communicated what was going on. And, like, then I saw her again at awards ceremony, like, a year and a half later. And we had talked, like, maybe once before. And um, and she just totally blew me off. And she knew who I was. She was like, hey, how you doing? But then, like, the second she saw someone more interesting to talk to, she, like, made a very emphatic sort of dramatic point of walking away from me and kind of ignoring me. It was very mm. childish. So that was like, but I didn't even feel that bad about it. So I don't know if that counts as being big dogged, you know, but well, that was a situation so where it was curious. like, you wasted my time. My time is more valuable than your time. How dare you? You know, I'm curious about the moment in this meeting when you realized this was not what you thought it was going to be. I mean, the thing that was surprising was that I do research before meetings, you know, sure. like I, I find out who I'm meeting with. She never said anything about anyone else coming. And I go back and look at correspondence and I come prepared and I came ready to talk about 
like six different things. You okay, know? so you show up. You're yeah. in an office park. And I'm good in a room. Like, No, it's like a really nice – it's like a tall building in Beverly Hills. Okay, so you walk in. You think it's going to be you and this chick, right? This lady, this woman. Yeah. This person, this human. Yeah, let's, you think let's, you, let's get rid of chick, John. Yeah, you and her are going to sit down and you're just going to, you know, you're going to shoot the shit and see what happens. That's what yeah, you I'm think gonna is going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to be like, I'm going to get her on the same page with me as a guy that she can just kind of talk to and deal with. And, sure. you know, because I'm good at just sort of like, that's one of the things, probably even more so than writing. Like, I'm pretty decent at just walking into a situation, reading it, figuring out how to get on the same page, figuring out what she values. Okay, so you, you walk know. in there, and yeah. it's not just her. It's her and three guys staring Two, at yeah. you, waiting mm-hmm. for a pitch. Two suited guys. Not really waiting. Well, kind of. I mean, they weren't, like, sitting on one side of a desk. But, yeah, I mean, we were just in one of their offices. And you're wearing, and like, shorts and flip-flops? No, I was probably wearing some nice jeans and maybe maybe a collared shirt, maybe, like, a nice T-shirt. And when you go in for an audition, what I know this because I've, flops. I've done you? it thousands of times. You walk in, you hand them your headshot, and yeah, you, see, just, this wasn't an audition. you start belting out the musicals. You know, that's what yeah, I've done right. countless times. And da, so they're sitting there. Kind of like that. Little pitchy dog, but pretty close. Yeah, I know. I don't even know what song that is. I just so kind of had that thing stuck in my head. Go ahead. You go. You, you're standing there, and they say, all right, Zay, wow us. And they're looking at you, and you're like, uh, what happens? It wasn't quite like, wow, us. It was like, hey, it was small talk. And then all of a sudden, I realized, like, I started going into other projects. Right. And it got a little bit, like, kind of quiet. And I was like, oh. And and I was like, oh, like, I mean, again, I sort of salvaged it. It wasn't that awkward because I quickly sensed what was going on. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, so sorry. Like, if there was some sort of miscommunication, I was like, I can totally kind of talk more about this, but I actually don't have, like, the finished draft on me right now. I'd be happy to, you know, whatever. I kind of saved it, and I did as well as I could have. But it was clear that – but, but the, the, the thing is, is I just don't know what – I still don't exactly know what she was expecting, you know, because – I don't know. I don't know. That's part of what was problematic about it. She she just kind of was vague throughout the entire thing. I, I think probably, you know, I think probably she didn't have super high expectations, but she thought like, you know what, this no name guy, as a favor to the person that you know like introduces, which it wasn't like a close connection of either ours, but somebody kind of heard about the movie like, oh, you just talked to so and so and so and so, you know, maybe they can kind of help you think about putting it together. Because basically I was at a point where, speaking of spec scripts, this is not like a massive movie, but it's way too big for me to be putting together myself. And so I was thinking like, well, shoot, you know, this agent, like if they really like it, they could kind of pull in some other talent from this place. Um, And yeah, it just was, it was just, it just fizzled, you know? And anyway, what annoyed me, what annoyed me was later when she kind of was trying to, I'm like, clearly like, I don't know. It was just bizarre. It was weird that she was upset as opposed to just purely sort of uh, aware of the fact that it was a, a minor miscommunication. Because, of course, I didn't just waste their time. You know, I mean, I still kind of gave them what they wanted. I just didn't have exactly what I needed on me at that point. Yeah, I, But, again, I don't even know what they needed. I don't know what they wanted. So it, it wasn't that big a deal. What did they want? Now I want to know. They wanted uh, that's the completed what I'm script. I guess, but they weren't going to read a script in the room. So right. so what would you have done if you had the completed script that would be different? Oh, 
hand it to them after? I mean, I guess I wouldn't have spent any time talking about other projects. I think maybe she expected me to have more of a package put together, but I also thought it was very clear that that was the whole reason that I was interested in talking to her mm. because I didn't have a package put together. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's the thing. I, I, I think uh, agents can be great. And I think then sometimes I, I think also she knew that we had money and I think maybe she was taking that meeting as a courtesy and then actually brought those other guys. Maybe I, I've thought about this. I thought maybe she was expecting me to pitch the sidekick mm. as sort of that. And then she was going to somehow kind of segue it into like other projects that they had and hopefully have us with our investment, our investors kind of come in and help those projects. That's one thing that I was thinking at the time. And so therefore when I was kind of like, well, I'm kind of here to talk about these projects. I wonder if that was part of it that I didn't just kind of like blow through this pitch, get out of their hair and then let her tell me about their, their stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm thinking of uh, Lane Bennis in Seinfeld when she goes to a doctor. And she's she one some... of the greatest characters ever created, right? Yeah. She's fantastic. She goes to the doctor. She has some kind of kerfuffle with them. It's basically a misunderstanding. Oh, because he, the, with his, with her chart, Yep, he writes something in her chart, and then every and she time, wants to know what it is. Every time she goes to a doctor, as soon as they open her chart, they see something that was written in there, and they treat her really <laughs> weird. And what a great I, concept! If I were you, I would be thinking after that meeting, after I ran back into that lady again, and she she gave me the cold shoulder. I would be so nervous that there is some kind of even informal system like that where she just said the word out, like this this guy's a goof. Drop him. Don't mm-hmm. don't talk to him. No, that was the main thing. I didn't care that much about that particular blown connection. But, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm a big enough deal for anyone to bother talking shit about, to be totally mm. honest. Yeah. And that's that's helpful. Sure, of course. But, no, I mean, I was sitting at a table at this award show about two and a half feet away from her after she blew me off like that. That was the other – that was sort of the ending of that story. Is like we were literally – you know how they had these big things. There's tables. And you're really not far. And we were both kind of – she was at like the bottom of her circle table and I was at the top of my circle table. So we were like two and a half feet away. And so I don't think, you know, so then it was awkward and I was just kind of like, why does this have to be awkward? It sounds like understand. a, sounds like a Paxil ad. Well, so <laughs> why are you so dark? <laughs> um, well, anyway, I was talking to another friend who, and she was like, well, you know, if you fund one of her movies, she'll be nice to you. And I was like, well, that's dumb. So, um, so it's about the money. Yeah, and it's always about the money. F that. Well, um, speaking of it being about the money, well, gosh, man, we got yeah. So you gonna much let me read the script or what? Come on, let's talk about that after we do the mail. All right, all right. So, mail, John. We got mail from Archie. I think this. Speaking of it being all about the money, this is actually a perfect segue because you're right, dude. Hollywood is kind of kind of BS a lot of the time. Um, even people in the indie world, I think a lot of them are incredibly fake. They, I know a lot of people, I've been in so many situations where someone says like, oh yeah, yeah, let me read that dude. I'd love to read it. And then they're really just saying that to be nice. They have no, they may even have an intention to read it, but they're never going to. My friend told me a funny joke that, that was, uh, he said, there are three kinds of friends in the world. The first friend walks in and you're trying to clean up a dead body and he just quietly closes the door and never says a word to anyone. That's friend number one. Friend number two, he walks in. You're cleaning up a dead body. 
he helps you clean it up and he never says a word about it again. Okay, that's friend number two. Friend number three will read your script. Wow. <gasps> it's pretty funny. But wow. No one like is that even funny? I can't tell. It's very funny. I had to okay. urinate. So. You were peeing during my joke, John? I peed right through that joke, but I heard it oh and it was so funny. Gosh. It reminded me of a no podcast respect. I just heard where a husband asked a wife if she, if he committed premeditated murder, would she turn him in? Mm-hmm. What do you think and? your wife would say? Yeah. She would turn you in? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think, okay. she, I think she absolutely would. If she doesn't know the person, doesn't care about them. Was I doing this in some sort of vigilante justice sort of a way? Uh, you're, you're or was reasons? I more serial killer-y? No, you're not a serial killer because then she'd have to be worried about herself and the kids and stuff like that. But no, you just. But I don't know. Serial killers don't usually kill their own spouses. Eh, sometimes they start there. It depends. Actually, mm-hmm. typically you wouldn't have one mm-hmm. in the first place. An unusual case being the guy out in Omaha, BTK. Look him up. But Ted uh, Bundy had a had a wife for a little while, right? He did, yeah. And he got married in jail to a crazy lady who uh, mm. I think she was a lawyer, one of his lawyers. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, one of the craziest – that guy went back into the woods where he stashed bodies to make sweet, sweet John, love oh to my the corpses. Gosh. All right, all right, all right. Are you how, – how much longer do we have to go on this serial killer tangent? Well, hey, I'm just saying, this lady knew she was his lawyer. She knew that he went into the woods to have sex with corpses. Oh, my gosh. And she became in love with him. All right. Speaking of, oh, there's so many things. Dude, John, I think I may have even sent you this script. Oh, I can't wait for this movie to come out. John, we almost bought slash developed a script about Ted Bundy, actually. I I did read this. Do you remember reading this? Yeah, it was actually quite good. Yeah, that script is amazing. It's about this FBI agent who basically figures out that Ted Bundy is so smart and so insightful because everyone's trying to figure out how he did it, where these bodies are, who he killed, because there's all these unsolved murders and they don't know where the kid, you know, like there's all these people who have like missing children. It's really sad. And they're like, dude, if you just tell people what you did, you're going to die anyway. If you just tell people what you did, at least these families can like put this to rest, you know, and but he was just tired of being manipulated by the FBI and all this kind of stuff. And he was super smart and he could kind of see through everyone trying to manipulate him. And so this one guy figured out that basically he just had to actually treat Bill, uh, Ted Bundy like a person and eventually kind of became friends with him. Cause I think Ted Bundy eventually to, to this FBI agent expressed a lot of remorse and, I mean, dude, it was crazy because I wouldn't say you begin to sympathize with Ted Bundy, but you do begin to understand how of how charismatic and complicated he was in the sense that nothing he did was excusable, but he also weirdly seemed to understand that. And then, oh, man, it's, it's a wild script. It's crazy. I went, to, uh, I went to a Christian school up in New Jersey, and they showed us a video oh. that James Dobson had made yes. the night yes. before Ted Bundy was executed. This is part of that script. Yeah. It's bizarre. And they it's they showed it to bizarre. us in like a sex ed class to tell us why we shouldn't uh, look at pornography or yep. have sex before marriage? Question mark? I'm not exactly sure. All of that stuff is just so much more complicated, you know, and that's really the point though, is that if you watch for instance, you know, the idea was like watching horror movies would make people violent. 
it's mm-hmm. possible, but to um, the to use a special freak case like Bundy to say anything is crazy. Yeah, and the no, guy was insane. like an extreme manipulator. You know, he's famous. No, he was that. literally a genius, and yeah, he was total manipulator, and clearly had some sort of screw loose. I mean, in a very real way. You know, like something my... was miss miss going on up there. You know, I hate to say this, but we had a guy who moved into a neighborhood I lived in down here in Chattanooga and he was mm. from Long Island and I was positive for a while that he was the uh, Gilgo Beach killer. Mm. He came down here. As soon as he came down here, the murder stopped. Nobody knew where mm. the guy was. They didn't even know who he was, but he, they had a, you know, a psychological likely profile based on the types of murders he was committing. And it was, uh, it was my it neighbor was guy. to a T. Maybe I called the cops on him. They raided his house. Turns out it wasn't him. <laughs> My um, bad. Oopsie. His life is still ruined, by the way. I heard um, everybody heard that Rogan where the guy went on. He was on death row for murder. And even though he got exonerated, once you get out and you're in the real world, people mm-hmm. still don't trust you. No, it's really sad. It's a shame. Well, so, <clears throat> John, we don't have a ton of time left. Um, the, the, the question we set out with and not surprisingly have yet to answer is should you read the script rollers? And I think mm. we should vote a little time to whether or not you should read it. Um, cause there's gonna be a lot of time to recount, you know, development stories sure. like the Ted Bundy movie and all that kind of stuff. But you actually, we have a real problem in front of us, which is that you have not read rollers. Should you? And I want to know what you think. I'm <laughs> conflicted and I'll tell you as truthfully as I can, I'm conflicted because okay. If it's so, I'm a critical dude. You know, if anybody listens to this, you might be able to pick that up. But I'm a critical guy. I like very few things, and if I dislike it, it's going to cause a little problem for us. Mm-hmm. You I like could. very few things, except Bradley Cooper's swag <laughs> is one thing you do like. Clearly, I, I <clears throat> love it. I love to use it as a joke. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. That's okay, John. That's actually a very interesting point that I had not considered because I really? know. Well, yeah, because not because I don't think you would be willing to tell me what you really think of the script, which I would very much crave. Actually, your feedback on the script because you are a more discerning uh, of all the people I know. I think you probably are one of the more discerning in that sense. Like you're not easily pleased. Ain't that the truth, folks? Try everybody try mm, harder. Man, this is interesting because yeah, that would suck if you had to. Now we're gonna eventually. You're gonna have to see the movie, and what? but that'll be different. You know, that'll be a little different because at that point, everyone can have a reaction to it, mm-hmm. and you can kind of pee, be part pee. You can pee. You can pee now if you want, John. Just don't pee in the middle of my jokes. You can be a part of <laughs> that overall reaction process. Whereas right. if you read it now, and that sort of segues into point two that I'm concerned about is. It's nice having you as an actual kind of surrogate for the audience because I think yeah. part of what makes this podcast interesting is that it's not me and you talking about movie stuff and we both know a bunch about movies. The point is we're, you're, you know more than the average person, but you're still very much kind of grounded in the real world, whereas I have a little bit of like an unrealistic expectation about not just what people know, but also what might be interesting to people who don't know a lot. And so well, I also ran into your your sweet mom Aww. and and th- she came up to me and she said um she said 
I feel like I know you so much better. <laughs> that is, is so nice. Which is the mom way of saying, like, I don't want to tell you you're an idiot. So I'm going to say, what? like, yeah, it's like the meal that you made is interesting. Like this. No. Burnt, this burnt hamburger that you put in front of me with the, like, cooked avocado. Oh, no. The deep is fried it, avocado. She's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. No, 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 no. She, like, put a hand on my shoulder sadly and, like, wiped a tear not. from her eye and said, like, I feel like I know you better, which could mean so many different things. You know what? It's like. I know my mom pretty well, John. I think what she meant was it's it's a bad it's a bad show. I think <laughs> it's like she... I just take solace knowing that if Ted Bundy can get married in prison, everybody knew his stuff. The lady who sat in court and defended him against necrophilia charges, she still found the way to love him. Mm. So I'm hope there's one person out there, just mm. one person. I got that person for you, John. I'm putting my hand on your theoretical shoulder right now. You know what his name is? It starts with a T. Oh, Teddy B. Teddy Bronson, baby. John, just to wrap up that whole story thread, for sure, if Teddy Bronson knew that you premeditatedly murdered someone, I'm going to tell you how he would react. Because I know him pretty well at this point. Mm, Yeah. And I'm sure you do too. But if you feel differently, let me know. I think Teddy would say john i think you should go turn yourself in and i think you should plead guilty and i think you should cooperate with the authorities and i think you should should uh should turn from your ways and he would escort you down and then he would be with you through the whole thing mm. he would never leave your side but he would also call you to justice He'd and somehow you would feel loved a in mouthful the process. of bratwurst sandwich though <laughs> Gulping it down with some so, Miller John, High no, 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 no. Your mom, you know what my mom meant by that, John? I think she meant that she probably has heard you talk more in the last 10 weeks of this show than she probably has in several years of just, like, seeing you in group settings mostly. Right. Well, what you know? I, I brought up the story of the convicted murderer who – uh, the guy that was on death row and then got exonerated. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that. You still came up to me. And put your hand on my shoulder. <laughs> John, I just think you should be more confident. You should love yourself. Should we do an episode of Love Yourself? This is like the Steve Harvey style uh, encouragement show. I saw some rapper post on his Instagram. John, hold on. No, no, no. Call in. Call in. I want to I I hear it. I want to hear it. I want to have that. Yeah, go ahead and call in. You can tell me your story. Hey. Hey, man. Thanks for calling in, John. Welcome to uh, Love Yourself. How, what, uh, what, are you, what are you dealing with today? I'm just, uh, I'm like 13 episodes deep in this podcast, and mm. I'm just, it's just, uh, I'm just no good, man. What, what do you mean it's no good, John? I'm just, my jokes are flat, my, my tangents are long. John, where, who's telling you that? Has anyone in your life that you trust told you that, John? Uh just my mom, you know, every time I brought home artwork from school, she would look at it and she would say, oh. No, 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 John, John, John. Let's stay in the moment. Let's stay in the moment. John, who's yeah. telling you that your tangents are too long and your jokes are falling flat? Me. Just me. Exactly. Mm. John, I want you to take, I want you to take your hand and I want you to Slap yourself with it. 
<laughs> I want you to say, shut up, idiot. Shut up, you idiot. <laughs> Man, that was easier than I thought. Well, this has been a this has been another episode of Love Yourself. All right, so back to the show. John, that was, uh, what a good episode. Um, it reminds me of those monkey experiments they did where they put, like, spikes on the end of these these mom monkeys. <laughs> you ever hear about this experiment? No. To see if creatures actually need affection. Yeah, and do they? Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, They basically just drove, like, uh, several dozen chimp babies insane. That's really sad. Quite sad. So, all right, we need to answer this question, though, John. We were going to do the mail. I just remember we were going to do should the I mail. List, should I read it? Should I read it? That's no, no, the question. No, 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 no. I think the mail question oh, – oh, oh, yeah, I thought you were saying should you read the mail. I think the mail we should just do next week. But this is a yeah, reminder. Yeah. This is – let this serve as a reminder. We still want to hear – Speaking of uh, Love Yourself, we'll do another episode of Love Yourself next week. But, guys, write in. Tell us if you think you're doing your life right. We want to know. Have you a single one? I've gotten a couple, and I was going to read one of them. And because I think it's really good, I think it's really honest, and I think it would be a great way to kick it off. But honestly, I think it's good, and I think we're going to want to talk about it. So I kind of want to just do it next week, you know? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's do it next week. But that is a reminder. Go ahead and write us in. It could be a paragraph. It could be a sentence. Just give us some. Give us what you're thinking. We want to know who you are. We want to know what you're thinking about. All right, here's some more smooth jams from – okay. Mm. Um, should you read Rollers, John? Okay, so what if you don't like it? Great question because I would not want you to lie, but man, it sure would be kind of awkward if you had to pretend like you think the movie's going to be good for the rest of the time. I wouldn't pretend. I know that's the thing, though. That could also provide some really good conflict, Okay, but it would be less exciting because I do want you to be excited, and I think right now I get the sense that in the absence of anything to the contrary, you're assuming that it's at least going to be decent enough to be excited about. Is that correct? Is that a proper assessment? Yeah, I mean, I am excited about it. Um, I've sent you my headshot. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get a role as an extra. So, yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So that would be a bummer to lose that. That said, too, I don't want you to know it too much more than the audience because I think it's it's fun kind of slowly unfolding the different details and the themes and the stories. And I'm worried that if you read it, you'd be like, wait, wait, wait what happens on page 63? And everybody else is going to be like, oh, I, don't know, I haven't read page 61 either. Yeah, but we also have to keep in mind that let's say we decided that I should read it. Yeah, which I, I you, think we're leaning against that. Leaning we are definitely that, right? okay. leaning against it, but you know, ultimately it doesn't matter because let's say we did decide that I should read it. You would send mm-hmm. it to me, and I would mission impossible it. That is to mm, say, you I would wouldn't say, read yeah, it, dude. I'm going to read this, and then I wouldn't read it. All right, should we do a little bit of OTB on whether or not you would ever read the script if I send it to you? <laughs> but yeah, this is also but I mean, you would be easily bribed. I feel yeah, like. for sure, for sure. Okay. Soup Q, baby. Um, wow. All right, so I think the verdict is no. John, don't Big get no. to read the script. What about the deck? We could do a whole episode on a deck, you know? Yeah, you should. Def- we should definitely show the deck. I'd like to see it. Do you know um, what a deck is, John? Loosely, actually, because I asked you one time and you told me. Why don't you tell everybody? Uh, basically, a deck is, uh, it's, it's like a, you know, a pitch deck or a director's deck. You know, there's different decks, different purposes. But a deck, in a, it's basically like a PowerPoint presentation turned into a PDF. I mean, it's just like a, you know, a lot of people use them just to condense a lot of visual information into a small space. And so 
for me, the deck has, you know, a short synopsis of the story. It doesn't have the ending in it, but it has like a statement that I wrote, you know, kind of my director statement about why I should write it. It's got a bunch of visual references. It's got a Spotify playlist, which is kind of fun because it's, you know, a movie about music. And so sort of inspiration for the soundtrack, which is a whole nother conversation we need to have at some point. Um, some pictures, you know, it's really fun. It, it profiles the characters. It's a good way to get like a snapshot of the of the movie so maybe we should release that if people want to look at it they can but you know even there i'm worried that then some people will look at it and some people won't and then we'll sort of alienate certain parts of people you know different people and i don't want to give people homework no one wants yeah. to li- no one listens to a podcast for homework uh yeah so what I do you agree. think you're saying yeah what we shouldn't release it uh i'm just saying that yeah i mean it, even if you put it out there people aren't probably going to look at it because my uh, my own pastor came up to me and he was like hey did you read my thing on my website i'm like what website what are you talking about i'm not just like googling around for like my pastor's website why not well like what it's like my like podiatrist <laughs> like hey man did you catch my blog post like no dude i didn't <laughs> i had it no a, idea you did what that was, what was it a, is it called <laughs> bunions.com no it's called um, feet for it's feet first blog dude come on <laughs> feet first turns out he's like a mommy blogger slash podiatrist and he just talks about giving natural childbirth to people i, I, I don't know why childbirth came into it but he does both mm. who knew yeah well you know you got to follow your passions so all right well actually i <laughs> we didn't talk a lot about what i expected us to talk about but i actually think the whole spec script, Do the whole agent ever? conversation, all of this. No, we don't. And also, you know what? It was. I'm interested in those topics, and I actually kind of want to revisit them soon. So, because the reality is, a lot of people don't. That's the stuff people don't think about. A lot of people don't. They think, oh, I just have to write a good script. And the reality sure. is, no, that's not the problem. The problem is, you have to write a good script. Then you have to figure out 500 other things. Even if you're making the movie yourself. Or if you're making the movie through the system, because case in point, part of I dealt with situations like that agent many times when it was a pilot where I was just sort of getting a little bit stonewalled on certain things where people are like, yeah, I'm interested. But then to your point, as soon as the rubber hits the road here, you know, here's a good way to think about it. And I'll kind of close with this thought. Part of what's very challenging about creative work getting off the ground is that even if it's just you and your friends, put yourself in this situation. You hear a band that you've never heard of before, and you ask around. No one else has heard of them, right? But you think they're amazing. Not just yeah, okay, but like bragging. Really, really, really good, right? Well, but do you brag, or are you at least on some level a little bit self-conscious because there aren't like reviews out there that are saying it's like you found something that you just have to decide how you feel about it without anyone else's input. And do you go to your friends and immediately say, just because you think it's amazing, do you go to your friends and say, I'm willing to stake my entire reputation on the fact that I think this album that I can't find a single review of because it just came out or it hasn't been released yet, that I'm going to stake my entire reputation on telling you that this thing is good and that you should invest money in this thing. You know, that's hard, like by buying it. You know what I'm saying? That's I, I don't even really like doing that. I get a little self-conscious about doing that with something where the stakes are as low as you should go to Spotify. Because what if everyone else, and this maybe just shows how I think about things, 
what if everyone else is like, Ugh, can you believe Isaiah thinks that album's good? That's garbage, right? And then they don't tell you that, it, that they think it's garbage because they don't want to make you feel bad. But the reality is everybody knows that's garbage. But they're not going to tell you now because you just already put yourself out there. Mm. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I am wor- always worried about the exact op- the other way. Like, Which is? Well, for instance, when I was a kid, I found out about Aphex Twin, which is like this electronic yeah. sort of it's all over the map, you know, and yep. it was like virtually unheard of where I was uh, when I was a kid. And it's one of those things where if you tell people about it, everyone's going to know about it and like it and consume it. And it's not your thing anymore. Yeah, that's very true. And, but you run this risk is that if you tell nobody about it, Kanye West finds out about it, incorporates it into one of his songs. And now, everybody knows about mm. it that that i never think about things that way this is the plight kind of of a producer agent middleman etc though is that you're always juggling both of those things you're thinking i kind of want to keep this for myself but i also want to like share it with people but i also you know it gets very complicated mm. um because well, you know I've- sometimes people buy stuff just to bury it and so then you're in a situation where you're like Okay, I had another movie, for example, that I was pitching to this big company out here. We we were so close to setting it up with a major studio in Europe, actually, because it was originally based on like a European story. And we almost we were like signing the paperwork, and then we find out that there's another studio that's basing like has because it was based on a true story that is happens to be developing a similar story. Very different story, but like based on the same true story. And so, you know, there was a situation where it was like, do we just the try to sell it to African them? American president in America. Right. But, you know, there's these debates of like, do you buy something just so that there's not competing? You know, people try to kill projects all the time. All of this is very complicated. But my, my real point with all of that was saying it's hard for an agent to, to, to go out on a limb. It costs them a lot of social capital, go out on a limb and say, hey, this person you've never heard of is amazing. And it costs a lot for me to, you know, do that for other people or to do it for myself because you're putting yourself out there. You're putting a stake in the ground, but I like doing that. I think more people should do that, but people are very hesitant to do that because they like to wait for other people to affirm things. And that's true. That's why it's so much easier to get things made if you've already been affirmed. But for someone like me, I've never made anything that's been quote unquote successful like that. I've produced things, but as a director, I've never written or directed anything that's been big like that. And so for agents, for anyone Someone, you know, thankfully there are people willing to take a risk on it because I think the script is really good, but it is tricky because someone has to be kind of the first few, you know, few people have to be the first people to say, no, 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 this is actually good. This is worth staking my name on and getting off the ground with that can be very difficult, you know? And so that's the kind of stuff because there are agents who are kind of, they want to keep you just close enough that if you completely blow their minds they can do it, but you have to like bring certain types of value that, you know, they're so there's a lot of like weird politics at play a lot of times, you know, and it's understandable. I mean, they, they again, they have to, they traffic in these sorts of things, but it just makes it very difficult. So anyway, my point is all that stuff's kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting to see how it's played out for me so far. And I think it'll keep evolving, you know, cause you ever make the movie a mixed comes out, the same thing's going to happen. Yeah. I've done that. Yeah. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. It's, I'm not like it's, high fidelity level, you know, but. It's a rite of passage, you know. It's mm-hmm. a, I don't know if that still exists. I guess you make a Spotify playlist. I, can, I mean, I made a Spotify playlist for this movie. 
Yeah. Which I will put out there. I'm going to put it on the show notes. It's, I think it's a pretty darn good playlist. So We'll be the judge of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all right. So this was all, I think, good setup. I think, John, maybe next week, pending some other important thing, maybe we can talk about, you know, kind of the actual nitty gritty beginning of this script. You know, like not the, the script, how the story plays out, but the way it came together because we still haven't really gotten into some of those details but i think i think it's interesting and now that we have a little context on the industry it might actually be more interesting yeah we'll see if we actually talk about it well john don't chances are low (laughs) i saw a video i thought of you because i saw a video that i'm sure most people have seen now and it's a weather guy reporting from the middle of hurricane florence Mm. you know like in yeah uh, i don't know wilmington north carolina or something like that and he's standing there and, you know, the camera's on him and it's like kind of rainy and the wind's blowing kind of. But he looks like he's just about to get knocked over by like the most dramatic wind ever. Mm. You know, he's there like, oh, it's really coming down, like doing that kind of stuff, you know, and like mm. barely keeping his footing. Uh, and meanwhile, the camera like just is back a little bit. And you can see these two dudes in shorts just like mm. strolling down the street like Nuh-uh. nothing is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he's nothing. totally faking it. He's completely hamming it up. Like, yeah, it's what? raining. It's kind of windy. But, like, two other guys are walking around like nothing's happening. Oh, man. Like, right, you would walk that maybe. That's insane. Yeah, it's all over. Just go look at Joe Rogan's Instagram. That it's all guy, over the place. Oh, that guy is getting fired. But the th- well, I don't know if he is because you know what's going on there. He didn't just stand there and decide to do that. He's got mm. a headpiece in, and there's some guy mm. behind in the studio in Atlanta. That's very true. Yelling at him like, "Come on, man! Let's we got to see some more of the wind effects on you, Bob." Mm. Like he's not deciding to completely what fake are that. You, They're Bob. What are you, a big old tree just standing there like nothing? Be a palm tree, Bob. Be a palm tree. I want more palm tree. More wind, more wind. There's a guy definitely in his ear like, Bob, I want want sapling. And they they had another video of, uh, or a picture of Anderson Cooper or somebody standing in waist deep water. Mm -hmm. But his entire crew is, you know, a foot away and they're virtually on dry ground. You know, it's like two inches below their feet. So he went to like a hole, you know, but he's like yeah, in a swimming yeah, yeah, pool, right, right, basically. Right. Yeah. Oh, and boy. it's for dramatic effect. Like, yeah, fake. I mean, that did fake, exist. Fake, fake, it's fake, not fake. a complete lie, but it's crazy. But the the thing that struck me was that there is definitely in the case of the first guy, there is definitely someone in his ear, his boss mm-hmm. yelling at him, telling mm-hmm. him, ham it up. Come on, Ma, more, more, more. And what's he going to do? It's like if your boss comes up to you and says, have this to me by Friday, you're going to do that or you're going to mm-hmm. get fired. So right. I feel bad for the guy, and he's the dude that has to do it on TV. But it made me think that producer, mm. that guy, he's not evil. He just knows what's going to sell. He knows what's good. Yeah. He knows what's going to get the ratings. He knows people are going to keep watching if it's yep. dramatic. He's doing his job. You're 100% right. And I think a lot of times I'm a very real – I'm a realist when it comes to this stuff. I, I get annoyed when people fail to communicate clearly and manipulate people that annoys me but what i don't ever get mad at is people who are doing their job sure you know i think it's a bummer that that hollywood corporate culture is is so fear-based which is a whole nother thing people are generally trying to save their job as opposed to build anything interesting and take any risks because they do not encourage risk-taking which is why most interesting things happen with independent financing and most of the stuff being made at studios is franchises because risk-taking is not encouraged and that's what happens when, you know, Wall Street's running it. It's based on numbers. But um, 
Not that, not to say that all the things that come out of that are bad. It just becomes more algorithmic. Like let's find the audience and target them and figure out how much money we can make on merchandise as opposed to let's make a great piece of art and then figure out how to turn it into merchandise. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the order in which you do it. But to your point, yeah, I mean, there's always someone yelling at someone to get something done faster or to find something bigger. And so I don't, I I get that completely. I think what's just annoying is when people try to play a different game and, and sort of convince you that you're their buddy when in reality, we know this is a business thing. We may become buddies that we may get there in time, but don't use me. You know, don't be my buddy and then mm. drop me the second that I'm not hot. At least just communicate with me that I'm not inter- that you're not interested in the project. You know, just do that. Don't waste my time. I have no problem with you not being interested. I tell people no all the time. I get sent scripts all the time, but oh, yeah? I just politely, yeah, tons. And do you by read people them? Who do you actually read them? Almost never, in part for legal reasons and in part because I'm honestly just not looking for scripts right now. And yeah, I so, love the idea of you sitting down to read a script and you're like, should I read this? There are legal reasons. Ah, give it a shot. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, yeah. Mr. Smallman. Well, the, the the at our stage in our company, the legal reasons are minimal. But yeah, it's this weird thing where it's like, I need to, like, they need to, I make people, if I'm going to read a script, if I don't know them personally, yeah, they have to sign a release that basically says, like, hey, there's a chance that I'm developing a very similar movie right now, mm-hmm. and just because I read your script doesn't mean I stole your movie. It's and like so, Apple is famous for turning away any suggestion and there was a little girl who wrote to them that was like hey you guys should put a unicorn on your ipad and they're like cram it like do Mm -hmm. not send us this you know very legalese (laughs) yeah but they have to do that because then one day if johnny i was like oh we should put a unicorn on it then dude i don't know you owe me a billion dollars Look at the um, look at Twitter, like the way Wendy's and stuff will like troll dudes. Have you ever seen any of this stuff? Uh, uh-uh. oh come no, on, we like might uh, need to talk about it next time. Oh, why are we getting a little light here? We're getting a little, we're getting a little long in the tooth. Well, anyway, just to wrap it up, though, what I was gonna say is, th- I I don't get mad at people doing their jobs. I think it's just a bummer when people are are fake, which is kind mm. of how you started this episode. You know, I don't like fake people, and so like if I get a script. I don't tell them, hey, you should come out to L.A. and we should talk about it at my office and then come in, serve them a coffee, and then never call them again. That's stupid. People Mm. do that, though. They do that just in case someone happens to blow them away. They have no intention of actually buying anything. It's a a one-in-a-million shot. But for that person, it's their one shot. So they spend 500 bucks on a plane ticket. They beg friends to stay with them or they rent a hotel. They rent a car, blah, 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 blah. They do two meetings. They don't go anywhere. And then they go home with nothing. And that was honestly what was going to happen from the beginning. And I've been in that situation before where I was like, wait, why didn't you just tell me this was not going to happen? I literally came all the way here and built an entire trip around you this was like a few years ago more happened more than it does now because I've a just wisened up and I know what meetings are and that's partly like a learning experience but also it's like don't waste don't you know like if I get a script and I'm not going to read it I just tell people like either hey I can't read this or b you know thanks for sending over the treatment I'm sure the script is great I wish I could read it I don't have time and I'm honestly just not looking for projects so I don't want to drag you along for the next three weeks telling you I'm going to read the project when in reality I don't want to and I don't need to because I'm not looking for new movies you know it's but it's weird because like I always feel bad about that but then there's part of me it's like no at least I'm not wasting their time you know at least I'm not saying I'm interested if I'm not interested which is just what a lot of people do no one likes to say no to your point but they don't like to say yes either they like to keep people in waiting 
They like to keep them in the holding pattern so that they can use them when they want. They don't actually like to invest in people. Don't they call that when you buy a plane ticket, you go out to California from Wisconsin, and you go in there, you pitch their your movie to them about what? About Sharpies. Sharpies. The and Sharpie factory. The they revolt smile. at the Sharpie factory. Yeah. They tell you it was good. You shake hands. You go back to Wisconsin. And the entire time you're flying back, all those Hollywood suits are just laughing at you. Yeah. They call that the Calabasas clam bake. Oh, is that what they call that? That's what I've heard. Oh, wow. That's that's gnarly. Mm-hmm. You got Yikes. clam baked. I, did, I have for sure gotten clam baked. But you know what? Yeah. John, I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't care because they can go eat some peacocks. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, you just can't care. You can't care what people think. You know, you just can't. It's it's because, you know, the power brokers don't actually contribute anything to the actual ideas of this place. They just like real they life. might be the Calabasas clam bake people. Oh, baby. Ouch. Oh, man. That's brutal. Well, John, this has been a hoot. Hoot and a half. Love you much. Uh, We'll talk soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in for episode 13 of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. Tune in next week when we talk a little bit more about the process of writing rollers, and I'm going to share another Calabasas clambake story, which, just for the record, is probably something John just made up out of thin air. Today's show is produced and edited by me, executive producer John Schimpf. Outro music is The Man From Nowhere by Tom Paulus and Max Bells. Our cover art was designed by Nate Giordano. This has been a production of Mama Bear Studios. It's your boy!